Hey, we're back. Hey, Dan. Hey, Nick. What's going on? Oh, not too much. I sure do love the guitar tone in that song. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if I've heard it, like, literally a thousand times. It's very satisfying when that right ear kicks in. Oh, yeah. And all those little, like, yeah, just the little layers, like, that come popping in. Yeah. Ooh. Very satisfying. Yeah. So, um, how's your week been since episode one? Not too bad. Busy. I'm just busy. Yeah, been doing a lot of traveling. Yeah, for my not as fun work. That's sweet though. You don't don't yeah, like it? It's okay. I spent like a week in Salt Lake City and it was <laughs> it was like super smoggy. Oh, it was, really? It was pretty gross. I've I, uh, all of our five friends who are going to listen to this are, have probably already heard me say this, but I think it's a really good analogy. It's like when a like when you're playing like a video game and it only renders like two blocks away from you. <laughs> it was like that for an entire week. You just couldn't see anything. Was it smog or was it smoke? It was smog. Like it was smog. Fires. Smog. They're in like a weird valley. I heard somebody. I heard somebody at the hotel say this, but I guess if they don't have storms frequently, uh, the air just gets super trapped in the valley. Huh. And like, if it was, I don't know if they have what their weather is now, but they were saying that if it was going to be like that for another week, they would have the worst air quality in the country. Wow. I, again, this is just what some person at a hotel said, but. Yeah. Uh, I would never have guessed that because, like, when you think of, like, smog, you think of, like, dense cities like New York or something. But, like, yeah. Salt Lake City, you're like, oh, it's mountainous and beautiful. But there, I guess I guess it's partially uh, geological, like, just the, you know. They're, it just has to do with the valley, like, yeah. the dip it, in the valley. And they also have, like, a ton of, like, factories. Like, as soon as you drive huh. outside of town, like, when you're driving, like, not that the airport's that far, but... When you're driving around, uh, there's just, like, factories. Like, I don't know what they are. Power plants? Smoky things? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, this will, um, you know, continue my streak of not going to Utah. Yeah, it seems like a reasonable thing to do. I, no <laughs> offense to anybody from Utah, but I, just, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I actually have nothing against it. I've just never had a reason to go. Well, Be- Becca and I, my girlfriend and I went to uh, Moab, we went to Arches National Park. Oh, nice! And it was really beautiful. Nice, but I can't. I can't recommend Salt Lake City. Yeah, as of now, my wife actually has family that lives in Salt Lake City, and like the way they talk about it, it sounds like beautiful. Yeah, but I'm sure yeah. it is if you can see what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well, we didn't. Uh, the first episode we had like a few uh, a few talking points in mind. We don't have a a ton to go at this time but we do have a rough we got a rough theme going here right yeah where uh the theme for this episode is like the question of like what do you think about or do you feel that a record label should or should not like have a musical identity sure and um yeah i don't know i don't know where i stand on the question um i think it I think it goes, it works pretty well both ways. Like it's interesting for a record label that keeps you always guessing, but there's also something to be said for like a label where you like know what you're getting and you can like blindly trust in like all their releases. Sure. I guess it it must kind of depend on, as a listener, how wide a range of things you're trying to dive into. 
Like, do you want to blindly trust a label that's just completely all over the place? Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you want to hear something totally wacky and different. Yeah, and if it's a great label, like, the odds are they can do that, you know, well. Sure. And they can go from, like, genre to genre and, like, different kinds of experimental music and you're still going to, like, be down with it because it's just, it's not a matter of, like, the type of music they're necessarily releasing but the quality of it. Right. Um, and you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I, you got, you got some good examples where it just doesn't work. I do, but I'm not going to okay. go into them, but, but there are labels where like, sometimes it does feel where like, they're just chasing, like for lack of a better term, they're like chasing interesting. And instead of putting out like music that like sounds good and that like will stick not that it doesn't sound good, but like something that will stick with you and you'll like retain it. Like you'll listen to the record and then have memories of listening to it. Right. It's just like a record that's like, oh, well, this is interesting, but like, you know, it kind of came and went. Weird for the sake of weird. Or yeah. Just, or uh, just like new for the yeah. sake of new. And it's like, I get that like, you know, people say like, especially in rock music, like, oh, it's all been done already. And like nobody's like breaking new ground but like sometimes you don't you know like you don't always want to break new ground like when you're breaking ground just for the sake of like making something that no one's heard like you still have to like in in its like core essence you still need a song in yeah yeah and like a lot i don't know i feel like there are a lot of labels that sort of like pass on that fact and they're like well this is cool no one's ever done this and it's like yeah but no one wants to do this did you ask why no one's ever done this (laughs) yeah exactly and it's cool like you know every uh every sort of angle has its place like yeah there's people to give you pop music and there's people to give you shit you've never heard but like you know i like to find kind of the middle ground right between the two it's also i think you're probably or i at least as a listener i'm much more open to weird new wacky shit if there's at least some footing in something that i'm familiar with you know if it's like pushing pushing a boundary rather than just jumping into a whole new world yeah or if it's like really weird but like also has a hook in it right right like it doesn't have to be a traditional hook even like it can be like a guitar line right like you know, whatever, but like something that where you're like, oh yeah, I remember this song. Yeah. Not just like, I remember this being weird. Right. <laughs> and I do love some labels that toe that line. Yeah. Um, but I, sometimes it's like one of those things where like in the moment I'm like really into a release that is m- more like just like rooted in experimentalism than it is in like songwriting sure and i'll you know i'll be really into it but then like a year or two will go by and i'll i'll find that those are the types of releases that like have no like lasting effect on me yeah because it was cool in the like extent that like i never heard anyone do this but like it didn't you know it didn't latch on right it's yeah because you've never heard anybody do it it was probably much more uh, yeah, relevant to you where you were at that point, as opposed to stuff changing a few years later, or whatever. Yeah, but um, 
I guess, you know, to start playing some music that uh, elaborates on some of these labels that either do or do not have an identity. Um, the first one I want to bring up is one that, you know, I would say is really varied musically, like it kind of runs all over the place, but there is definitely a quality to everything, whether it's your kind of thing or not. There's, you know, they're not putting out like duds. Right. Um, it's a label jo Joyful Noise Recordings out of Indianapolis. And um, yeah, I, I really love them. Um, but they it's definitely all over the place. Like I, I by no means would I say that I enjoy every release they put out okay but i like have a respect for all of them you know like some aren't it's just not my thing and that's just a taste thing sure but yeah i don't know like uh this year they've put out a whole bunch of albums um the year started with uh they did like this deer hoof project where like the different members of Deerhoof all released like solo and collaborative albums but none of them were like actually like Deerhoof records cool and those were interesting um you know if you like very experimental music right um but you know then they've also put out like they put out the new Oneida record and they put out Mythless which is like a new project from the lead dude from uh, Fang Island. Oh, cool. And they put out a collaboration album with No Joy and Sonic Boom, which is like one of the people from Spaceman 3. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of interesting stuff. They put out like the new Yonatan Got. Yeah. And a couple of Joan of Arc releases. And like, so it's all, you know in the like indie rock sort of world but it like varies between yeah. like psych and shoegaze and emo and experimental you know like kind of all over the place yeah yeah but um oh also i should mention that they put out they're doing like a it's like a i don't for lack of a better term it's like a residency thing okay. with rob crow like i think they call it maybe an artist residency where like you like subscribe at the beginning of it and then by the end of the year you have like i don't like six or 12 different releases yeah. like they give you a box and you like basically slowly fill it with like different rob crow affiliated cool releases which is really awesome for a guy like him too who's like had so many incredible bands like you'll get like some new exclusive pinback thing yeah and then you'll get like um there's even like supposed to be some sort of new thingy release I don't know if you're familiar. No, with, oh. I'm not familiar with with anything you're talking about right oh. now. But well, but continue. Rob Crow is an incredible is. musician, <laughs> and he's had so many different projects. Like Pinback is uh, like his most famous, but like before that, there was a band called Thingy and a band called Heavy Vegetable, okay. which are both really amazing, like really really awesome bands. Um, and then, but like the weird thing about it is the only like. 
the only one that I've seen, at least I've noticed that has actually come out was one of his bands called Optagonally Yours. Yeah. Where it's all like rooted in like the Optagon. Do you know what that is? I, I don't. It's like this weird instrument that I don't really understand, but it's like a, it's kind of like a synth that's like rooted in like tape. Okay. Like, like a Mellotron? Like tape samples. Kind of yeah, thing? Sort of, sort of, but I guess it's like, I don't know. I'm going to look I'm it the up wrong while, we, while we listen to whatever this next song is. But yeah, anyway, so they put that out and I feel like it like took off. Like Rob Crow fans were like super stoked about it. And then I haven't seen anything else come from this series. Oh, weird. Well, that was supposed to be this was supposed to be you this know, year? It was supposed to be like part of this thing. And then like a couple months later, they released it wide, like outside oh, of the okay. subscription because people were stoked about it. Right. And yeah, I just haven't heard anything about the whole subscription since. And maybe they've been releasing stuff and just not posting about it. Like it's only going to the subscribers. I have no idea. But either way, it's very awesome. And Rob Crow rules and Joyful Noise is very cool for doing that. But that being said, the song I wanted to get into is from a band uh, from Australia called Tropical Fuckstorm. Cool. Um. Not my favorite band name in the world, but I will say that their album is probably my favorite record that's come out this year that I didn't have any sort of hand in myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. It's pretty high praise. It's hard to say, but it's definitely in the top three. Yeah. I think it's probably number one. I've listened to it so many times. It's super interesting. And, like, to say that the label is, like, varied, Tropical Fuckstorm, like, alone, like, encapsulates so many different sounds. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess let's – I've been talking too much already, so let's <laughs> just get into it. This is the first song from their album. It's called You Let My Tires Down. She'll be there for a while For the wounding of a rental car And a ram right in sunshine She's right there on CCTV Forgetting to take her medication But then Ruby says a lawyer will get The best deal that they can make Oh, but then I grew up around their family and they were such a bunch of losers They could only do each other Oh, and she about the cruises And she could say anything At any time So any mention of plea bargains Is making everybody feel uptight Let my tires down. You let my tires down. You see, I'd give you anything at any time. But you let my tires down. I 
a car up from the depot I had my lunch at China Rose And then I snorted half a gram Of Australia's finest homemade coke And a child was mauled by bullets Outside the High Point shopping center While a two-rack tractor Been a fact Bit down on a placenta And an army surplus Blown a coat It's raining in Victoria So that shit's under control You left my ties You left my ties You see I'd give you anything a delicate ending yeah there's you know there's lots of textures in that song yeah it really goes all over yeah that band um 
the two lead members used to be in that band, The Drones. Okay. Do you know them? No, but I've seen I've seen their name. Yeah, I've never really listened to them until I got really into Tropical Fuckstorm. Um, but they're like one of those bands that's like huge in their home country, but like never crossed over. Yeah. So like in Australia, I think they're like really, really well revered. Right. But yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, they never like really broke in America. But um, because of the fact like that affiliation, Tropical Fuckstorm like just recently toured with Modest Mouse. Oh, weird. Which, like, I assume it's because, like, Modest Mouse has probably toured with the drones in right. Australia. That makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, good opportunity for them. Yeah. It's really great record with really interesting songs that are interesting and you remember them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can, like, sing along to the whole record, which is, like, a thing that, like, for me, like, feels like growing up. Like, back in, like, the 90s, like, I knew all the words to, like, every record I listened yeah. to. But, like, now I don't know all the words to, like, anything I listen to. Yeah, that's true. That was that was pretty uh, memorable. I mean, like, I, I remember lyrics, and I that was the first time I heard the song. That doesn't happen often. Yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. And, yeah, the more you listen to it, there's just, like, all sorts of interesting things going on, like, in that song, but also in the whole record, like. Right. Yeah. Um. So next, the ne- the whole next episode will just be you singing along to that rec- record, right? <laughs> Definitely. We'll get the instrumentals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be so terrible. There's a lot of lyrics. I think I think we should do it, right? It's, uh, it's a very lyrical uh, band. Yeah. Email uh, Dan <laughs> at <laughs> uh, Exploding in Sound if you want to hear. Yeah. No, don't do that. Voice your vote. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The li- the lyrics, or not like the lyrics, but the vocals remind me a lot of like Nick Cave. Yeah. Like if Nick Cave were like still like in his like birthday party days kind of making like art rock. Sure. And not, you know, whatever, <laughs> like making sad. Yeah. Dark gospel, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so Joyful Noise is a really great record label, and they do so many cool things that, like, basically require your trust, like all sorts of different, like, weird subscription things, like artist residencies and, like, that thing like Deerhoof did where, like, you know, they, like, basically curated releases and then put out a bunch of their own releases that were, like, them but not them. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they do lots of things like that, and it's pretty cool because, like, you don't know what you're going to get, but you know that, like, it'll be interesting. Right. And that, I mean, if it seemed like we started talking about them as if they have less of an identity because their releases are all over the place, but it seems like, in a lot of ways, they have a pretty solid identity, or they've made that their identity. Yeah. They definitely have an identity as a label, but not necessarily, like, as a musical like like fitting into one musical genre right and in their case i think that that really works like wonders for them right because like even if you don't like every release like people out there probably like it like you know maybe each one's not for you but like you know it's like of a, a quality yeah yeah 
Sure. So the next label that we can discuss is a fairly new one based out of Chicago that Post Trash has had the pleasure of working with a lot. It's called Super Records. Cool. Do you know them? It, Namdi's yeah. involved. It's Namdi and uh, Glennon, who plays in Longface. They're like the two people who basically run the label. Cool. Um, yeah, it's a great, great label. Uh, for the most part, I'd say that they like basically document like Chicago DIY. Yeah. But it, like it expands outside of there. They've got some other bands from around the Midwest. Um, but yeah, they in the past couple of years they've put out like a lot of really great releases this year uh some of them have included the new options record and the new mono body have you ever listened to them yeah i i listened to some of that new record it's pretty insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was trying to describe it to someone and i threw in like so many descriptors but i, I was like you know, if you listen to it, it makes sense. I was like, it's like post-rock, jazz, prog, <laughs> you know, like and yeah. I just kept like throwing yeah, yeah. out things and it's like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so they put that out. They put out this band, Sunny Falls, which is like a cool indie band. Um, San Morimoto, who like that dude has blown up. It's... um. Like somewhere between jazz and like kind of alternative hip hop. Cool. Uh, yeah. So you know, it it's again like it's a label that like their identity almost lies more in the like community that they've formed, right? Than like one aesthetic sound, but it's also like you know it's kind of like a forward thinking. Like if you like some of these bands. You know, there's like a good chance you'll like the others, even though they don't sound the same because it's like it comes from like a similar like sort of like mentality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But so the song we're going to play um, is from Miranda Winters, who is the singer and one of the guitarists in Milk Belly. Oh, cool. And... Uh, she put out a solo album this year that is also one of my favorite records to come out this year. Um, it's for the most part, like it feels very home recorded, but for the most part, it's just her voice and guitar. Yeah. Which, you know, like if you told me that, like, as someone who loves Milk Belly as much as I do. Yeah. And let's be honest, Milk Belly, like, it's the drumming where you're like, God damn. <laughs> like, if you told me that, like, you're basically going to take Milk Belly and take out, like, not only the rhythm, but, like, basically any aggression. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, like, this is probably <laughs> cool because she's a great songwriter. But, like, I, you know, I wouldn't instantly be, like, sold. Yeah. But, like, yeah, or know she, what to expect. She, she I, I pulls it off expect. perfectly. Like, yeah, just a really great record. And uh, this is one of the songs from it. It's called Mickey's Dead Stuff. Mm -hmm. 
What'd you think? Uh, I I assumed it was gonna be not uh, not like fuzzy guitars. I liked it a lot actually. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It it works. It pulls off the. There's like a lot of rhythmic stuff in there, even though it's no drums. For sure. Yeah, and the fact that like the guitars are like fuzzy and not acoustic. Yeah. Like I think, um, you know, it doesn't always work for like. For lack of a better term, like a singer songwriter like right. approach, but yeah, I think Miranda does it really well. Yeah, and her songwriting is just like really unique and clever. Like you don't necessarily know what she's talking about, but it's like fun to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't understand why caddying means your pets have to die. Just a, I think just a coincidence. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know. I like it. Yeah. You know, like, it's like a jab. Like, you're not so great. You became a caddy and your pets died. <laughs> yeah. It, does, it seems it seems a little harsh, actually. <laughs> but yeah, the whole record is, like, full of, like, different interesting songs where I have no idea what they're about, but, like, I really like it. Yeah. I'm into that kind of thing. Yeah. I highly recommend it. The whole thing kind of has a similar a similar tone to that, but then there's also like some like field recording kind of vibes thrown in and it's only like 19 minutes I think oh. in total, but yeah, it feels really complete and like just a really great listen. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Also, if you've never listened to Milk Belly, they put out my favorite album that I was not involved with last year yeah it's a good record man yeah that band just blows my mind the dr- the drums are exhausting to listen to in in a good way uh yes <laughs> i 
I but, love him. I mean, just as a drummer, I'm just yeah. It's it's a lot. Yeah, he doesn't stop moving, and he has like a very interesting setup. Have Does you ever he? watched him play? No, I've never seen them live. Oh, it's weird. It's his like drums a, sound. I mean, like yeah, he's his got drums like are a, tuned tuned up. He's got a unique setup, and I think he switches like his snare throughout the set for like different tuned snares. That seems about right. Which is wild for someone who has no idea about any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, just amazing. Sounds like a lot of work. You gotta <laughs> see him. You gotta see him live. Cool. It's unreal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. They probably have an album coming out next year. I saw pictures of them in the studio. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that's coming. Um, you know, there's lots of stuff coming. It's December. We got a whole year of new music ahead. <laughs> <laughs> It's not just going to stop. <laughs> I, I, I thought this was the so. year we all agreed it was just going to stop. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it. We're done. Um, this next song we're going to play, they have no label, so it doesn't fit in with the theme at all. But it's uh, a band called Irk from the UK, and uh, they just released their debut album, Recipes from the Bible. Uh, this past Friday. Oh, so, very new. Yeah, so I thought it would be fun to play yeah. because they rule. And um, they're like a noise rock band. I believe they're from Leeds, I want to say. I could look that up, but we'll just go with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I have some more thoughts about that, but we'll listen to the song and then talk about it. Cool. This is from their record. It's called Spectre at the Fiesta. Say 
Oof. <laughs> yeah. Hot damn. Good thing I like bass. Yeah. Is that all? There's no guitars, There's right? no guitar. Yeah, it's like Just three, bass, three drums bases. and vocals. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And it works so well. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't realize that there were no guitars until like two thirds through the song. <laughs> yeah, they don't need one. No, it it it's also just the way it's recorded. It makes it work very well. The like, I don't know if there's if the bass is just through some effect or if it's like triple tracked, but it's filling up everything. Yeah, and it's got a great tone to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that band, for me, like, like they've been around for a couple of years, but like, you know, here on, in the States, on the East Coast, like I never heard of them. Yeah. And they just kind of came out of nowhere and like, I'm just blown away. How did you hear about them? Um, I saw, I read about them, I think on Brooklyn Vegan of all places. Weird. Yeah. Really weird. <laughs> I was, hoping, um, I was hoping for a better answer, honestly. And it was funny because I listened to it and like, I was like, wow, this sounds a lot like Blacklisters. Like, I'm yeah. super okay with that, you know, seeing as I love them. Yeah. And I like went to like their Facebook page, you know, to like see what they're up to and such. Right. And in the press photo, like one of the members is wearing a Blacklisters shirt. And then I also read they were from Leeds, and I was like, oh, yeah, this, okay. This all makes sense. Like, they're pals. Like, this, yeah, this, yeah, makes a whole lot of sense. Have you seen them? Have they come over here before? No. Or, yeah. Irk? I've only known of their, like, existence for about a month. Oh, okay. But, yeah, the record, the whole record is amazing. It's just really, like, unhinged and wild. Like, just as abrasive as it can possibly be the whole way through. Yeah. Um, but the thing that like I think about every time I like am listening to it and thinking like, how come more people don't know this is like, there's a, another band from the UK who's, I won't mention, they're a fine band. I like them all right, (laughs) but, uh, they're like blowing up on like a on like a mainstream level sure and they're pegged as a noise rock band and like you know it's like they're kind of like the whole idea of like radio friendly noise rock sure where like you know like irk is like a thousand times wilder and like just digs so deep into that sound. Whereas like this other band, like it's only like shades away from like grungy butt rock. Yeah. And it's like, why is that so acceptable and like unanimously like praised when there's bands like Irk and Blacklisters and USA Nails and like, just all these and like, you know, earlier on like Kong and like just all these amazing like crazy ass UK noise rock bands that like don't get any sort of love. Yeah. You think it's all just too far for people or like people want people want a little bit of edge in their super normal mainstream music, <laughs> but right, they don't but want to like, go like over the top. 
Maybe. I mean, that could be, but like, if all these people are like so excited, like, oh, there's this great like noise rock band, but then like, you know, you get something that's like legitimately like a noise rock band. Yeah. And people are like, oh, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa. whoa. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about this. Like, this is very angry. And it's like, it's supposed to be angry. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like angry, but it's also like funny and clever. Like they're saying lots of hilarious, sarcastic things in there. Right. From what I can pick out. Are you are you mostly just upset that they're calling, that they're like labeling that mainstream band as noise rock? Yeah, then? as yeah. being like the epitome of like noise rock greatness. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, like I said, this band is fine. I don't dislike them, but right. like the way they're treated is what bugs me. Yeah. And also, like, the press will be like, this is so, like, groundbreaking. And it's like, have you ever heard McCluskey? Yeah. Like, this band's not doing anything new. Yeah. And it's funny because I called it out without saying the band's name on Twitter, like, I think maybe even last year when they released a different record. Yeah. And Falco, like, from McCluskey and Future yeah, yeah. the Left and Christian Fitness – he knew exactly what I was talking about <laughs> because people are like saying like, oh, and like no one's ever done this. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, but anyway, so check out Irk. They're an <laughs> awesome band and they, you know, they just rip so much harder than that other band we're not talking about. <laughs> um, But yeah, there's room enough for everyone. So, like, don't close your heart out to some really crazy-ass stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and Irk and Blacklisters both, if any of you somehow hear this, please come tour America. Hell yeah. We'll we'll put you on the podcast. (laughs) Great incentive. (laughs) Can't promise we'll even let you in the country, honestly, but well, you can come sit on the couch. Well, we'll let you. Well, I mean, we will, yeah, but <laughs> we have no no say in that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next one I had planned, or the next song I had planned, not label, I have an itching desire to talk about, but comes from my own label, Um because much like Irk, we also released a new album this past Friday. Yeah. Uh, from Mr. Goblin. Cool. Which is a new solo project from Sam, who used to sing and play guitar in Two Inch Astronaut. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Two Inch Astronaut went on hiatus over the summer. And, you know, I'm still very sad about that. Uh, they were one of the first bands on the label and hold a very dear place in my heart record after record. Like they always kind of blew my mind in like, you know, sometimes I feel like they sort of, uh, shifted from where I would have like hoped they would go. And, but every time they did it, I was like, oh yeah, actually this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you know, where it's like, yeah. And then 
now Mr. Goblin has basically done that again, and it's gotten poppier, and it's amazing. Yeah. I, like, truly, truly can't stop listening to it, and I've had it for a long time. That's true. <laughs> and But every time I hear it, I'm, like, re-blown away, and it's one of those things where it's, like, I do kind of think that, like, it maybe the first impressions of it are not the strongest. It's like the tenth and twentieth impressions where it really hits you that like, God damn, Sam writes some good ass songs. Yeah, I mean, I've I've listened to this record one time. Full disclosure here, but the two inch stuff. There's yeah, listening to it a million times, you hear something new every time. For sure, and there's just like little like melodic nuances that like Sam pulls out like here and there yeah. where you're just like, you know, it can just be like this one tiny melody that he uses for like, you know, like a bar of the song. Right. And it just like, you can't unhear it. Yeah. Which is so sweet. But uh yeah, I don't know. I've debated for like days what song to play because they're also good in their own like different ways. Yeah. But currently I I feel like we should play uh the last song on the record. It's called Fixing the Jokes. Yeah. 
Such a nice sounding acoustic guitar. Yeah. Produced by Mike Thomas. Oh, yeah? Yep. Do they do it at his studio in New York? Uh-huh. Cool. Black Lodge. Sounds that good. What it, that is what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds real good. I like that you get real caught up in all, you know, the drum machines in and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then at the end, there's still the nice little, like, you can hear him squeaking in the room. For sure. And even when, like, you know, all that part does, like, swell up, it's still, like, the synth starts, I think it's a synth, starts playing, like, the guitar, like, line from the beginning, like, just kind of underneath. Oh, I didn't hear that. I noticed, like, the, like, the bassy kind of synth come in, but... Yeah, and it's like playing that same like little intro part. Oh, I gotta I gotta listen again. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, there's the yeah. joy of yeah, yeah. Sam's songwriting right there. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. He's such a crazy singer too. I'm always every time I see him live, I'm blown away that he can sing all of his own parts. I mean, it's yeah. crazy that he writes them, but it's crazy that he can sing them and play his crazy guitar parts at the same time. Yeah, and like jump around and stuff. Yeah, and and not be stationary. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm very excited to see Mr. Goblin live. I've never seen them. Are they playing shows? Uh, yeah, they're doing. I think it's like five a five date tour, but like up and down the East Coast. Cool. Um, in like. Next week. Oh, damn. Yeah. When's the New York show? The New York show is on December 22nd. Cool. At Transpecos with Avlov and Rock Solid. That's amazing. I can I can walk there from my house. It's going to be a great time. Hell yeah. And it's a full band. It's like a trio. Sure. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how that like translates live. Yeah. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. Um I, I can't imagine it'll be bad. What if it was really bad? It's not going to be. I know, but I just... It, that, I mean, <laughs> if it was, then we would cross that bridge when we yeah. got there, but it's not going to be. I know that um, our pals in Washer and Rick Rude played M- Mr. Goblin's first show in D.C. Oh, cool. Like a month or two ago, like when they were on that on tour. On that tour, yeah, yeah. And they said it was great. Yeah. So, you cool. know, I, I trust them. Eh. <laughs> but, yeah, they're, um, hopefully we have this out before this sh- these shows happen. Yeah. We probably will. We'll make it happen. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I'm really excited about that record. You know, it's never easy to start over with a new project. Right. And I think this is a strong start. Yeah. Definitely. You want to talk about... Uh... Your identity at all? <laughs> I, you know, I feel like some sometimes the label is like pegged as being one thing, and while like, sure, we're making like, I, you know, I don't even know what you want to call it, but like, in the broad spectrum indie rock, yeah, for like people who like interesting bands, sure. Um, but like to say it, that it all like fits neatly into like one package isn't really fair. No. Cause like, you know, big ups doesn't sound like water from your eyes and right. human people don't sound like pile. And I think you have a lot, you have a lot of variation, but you also do have a few clusters within, you know what I mean? Well, for sure. But. I mean, part of that is because, you know, I'm one person and yeah. my taste 
you know, only goes so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it goes further, but like, we've like toyed with releasing things that are like pretty off base. Like, there's a metal band that we are like dying to put out a record from. Yeah. And one, they have not said yes. And two, like, it doesn't necessarily make sense for the, for us, fine. But for the band, it doesn't necessarily make sense because, like, within like certain genres, like, you're just better off releasing your record with like a, for a metal band, you're better off releasing your record with a metal label because, like, a good majority of the exploding and sound audience is not going to be into it. Yeah. And like Are you sure you want to are you sure you want to tell them this? <laughs> they know. Yeah. I mean, I still <laughs> want to release their record with all my heart. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you know who you are, you know we're so so down to do it. But like I'm just saying like if you vary too much like it's it's not that like you can't do it, but it's that like if your audience like expects one thing and you like throw them something like pretty far from it. Yeah. Then, you know, all bets are kind of off. Definitely. I think you've done a pretty good job at branching out though. Like your first 10 releases maybe, I think could be fit much more easily into a box than most of the things since then or or yeah. your I don't know. Do you disagree? I mean, I I agree, but like still, even then, like, you know, do porches sound like grass is green? No. No, definitely not. I mean, you know, I guess you could say it's like the same world of bands who play guitars. But yeah. Like, you know, that's an enormous world. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't you, know. You do have you guitars. Your bands have guitars in common for the most part. You got yeah. that. Yeah, and, you know, I'm going to probably stick with that. Yeah, I, I support that. I, I feel good about that. Um, Trying to think of what our releases are coming up next year, and, yep, they're all guitar-based. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with some guitars. I agree. They sound so nice, and you can make them sound so many different ways. I mean, it's true. You can even make them sound not like guitars if you re Yeah, for sure. If you don't want to. Um, yeah. And there's like, I don't know, there's such a push in like the industry these days for like poptimism and like just things going like, you know, sounding like it's like synth pop or like top 40 nonsense from like even like indie labels who like used to release like cool guitar bands and now yeah. just put out like all this like clean soft whatever. Yeah, I definitely see that happen. What uh, okay, what I the wanna... fuck is poptimism? <laughs> poptimism is just like the whole like idea of like you know like clean top forty pop being like okay cool and like this is like what people should strive to do yeah i don't know i mean that's probably not how somebody smart would describe it but that's the, <laughs> that's the gist of it yeah i've just never i've never heard the term before it's 
Oh, it's like Twitter talk. Sure. That makes sense. You know. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know. Yeah. It's weird that pop music has trickled down into, like, bands where there's no pop expectation of them. Like, the whole point of being a band that can, like, a band at that level can do whatever the hell they want. And for some reason, what they're trying to do is still be the bands that are, like, being told what to do in some way whether directly <laughs> yeah. or not you know what i mean yeah that's true but like you know the the like powers that be in the like music industry like want that like they oh i know you know like you read like not to get too much into press again but like <laughs> you read like any like large site and there's definitely like a giant focus on like pop right which is like yeah, of course there is. Like, it's pop music. Like, that's what's popular. But, like, it wasn't like that for a very long time. Right. Like, these sites weren't pop sites, you know? Like, yeah, that wasn't, like, their focus. Like, any of them, really. Do you think that's because tastes have changed or because they because sites have either realized they can get a larger audience from that or, for some reason, need to get a larger audience I think its tastes have just changed. Like there's more of a like emphasis on pop music. Yeah. And also like, you know, as rock has has like like subsided from the mainstream as a whole. Right. Like, you know, it's it's also easier to like fold like hip hop and electronic music like into the pop spectrum. Sure. Like there's just more overlap in like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like with all those genres, like rock, hip hop, whatever, like the, the things that do really well are the ones that like skate closest to the pop world. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that seems like an obvious thing, but like, it wasn't really like that. Like, five to ten years ago right do you think there's just a lot more do you think people are less like uh i don't know tribalized into like what specific genres they like and now it's just like everybody increasingly everybody just likes the same thing because it's all kind of the same thing (laughs) or i don't know what the chicken and the egg there is i mean i have no idea but like you know like the idea that like s- punk rockers like also love like Taylor Swift, just like I, you know, like shit like that. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like when you see like somebody's like year end list, like I'm not even talking about a writer. I'm talking about like some random person on Facebook and like their year end list is like, it's got like hardcore bands and ariana grande and it's like what (laughs) you know like that i I just don't get i honestly don't get that yeah it doesn't seem like a useful conversation to put those two things next to each other i yeah i mean i'm all for it like like whatever you want to like like that's good i just don't i don't get it like i don't understand like how you like something that's like so rooted in like sort of like DIY mentality and like scrapping for like all they have. Yeah. 
and then something that's like major label like ultra produced you know like it's yeah. it's so different and like the idea that it can be like like it's not like one kid like who just has like really varied taste it's like that's like the consensus like review like yes these are like two of the best <laughs> things to come out and it's like yeah you know like how many i i just i don't know like on a personal level you might like both those things but for that to be like a widespread phenomenon is weird yeah for sure yeah and like i don't know i like some pop music and i like hardcore music but like right like it it just doesn't i don't know it's it's weird when it's like a consensus sort of thing yeah because there's like one approved of like one approved hardcore band per year like that one approved noise <laughs> rock band per year yeah and it just i don't i don't know okay, i don't that, even remember what the point of this conversation no, is i don't anymore. know either <laughs> but um yeah poptimism oh yeah but <laughs> Anyway, let's play another song. Um, the next label is Northern Spy Records. Cool. Do you, are you familiar? Uh, I've heard of them. They're like a very interesting label. I, I'd lie if I said that I listened to all their releases, but like I have the utmost respect for them. A lot of it is pretty experimental and um kind of out there but not in the sense of like out there for like the sake of being out there it's like like music plucked from like other cultures and like okay it's it's all just it's very artistic and it's well done whether they're doing like you know synth pop or Colombian jazz or like droney punk or sure. you know whatever like it it just runs the gamut and um yeah I don't know they're they're a really cool label but earlier this year they put out Renata Zeiger's new album Old Ghost cool and um yeah I've been listening to it all year pretty much since February and yeah, it's it's a really incredible album. Renata's songwriting is super cool. And this is a song from it called Gravity. Standing perm 
like all of the songs on that record have like a really like sort of compositional feel to them yeah like almost orchestral definitely and it just works so well yeah the arrangement's very good it's very uh yeah it swells but it's also also laid back and dreamy for sure and her voice like works so well with all the different arrangements yeah you know, from, like, their sparsest to the most swollen part of it. (laughs) It's definitely very well thought out, yeah. And it sounds really good, too. Yeah. The whole record's really awesome. I highly recommend it. And then uh, Northern Spy, great label. Last year they put out one of my favorite albums, too. Really? Two, Two years in a row. Yeah, last year was that Shilpa Ray album, Door Girl. Oh, okay. I never listened to that, but I'm sure I saw you talk about it. Oh, it's so good. So good. I'm, like, obsessed with it. The whole album is, like, kind of a concept album about how the fact that she works the door at pianos and has done so for years, and it's just kind of about, like, the hellhole that is the Lower East Side. (laughs) Um it's got to be a rough spot to work the door. Yeah, like fucking piano. <laughs> I whew, that place and I are at odds, let's just say. Yeah. But uh yeah, she's worked there for so long for whatever reason. Um 
and the album yeah it's it's like a very like new york record you know it's about like life in the city yeah and like what you come across and you know just like what it's like at night and just it's it's incredible like lyrically it's so so good cool and that's from not a lyric person you know oh yeah <laughs> but like i said if i have like if it's like the focus yeah, then yeah i'm yeah. listening i got you and actually that's a good transition to our last song we're gonna play which um is very much about the lyrics and there's some of the best lyrics i've heard this year it's a band from Western Mass called Landowner. Cool. And, uh, you know, to talk about their label, they're on a label called Born Yesterday that's run by um, some of the folks uh, from Clearance and Yeesh, the Chicago bands. Okay. It's a brand new label. Um, you can't really talk about their identity yet because they only have one release so far. But... Uh, yeah, Landowner, really awesome post-punk band with really clever lyrics that are like impactful, sometimes political, sometimes uh, just sort of snide. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really great. And, you know, as a record also that sort of came out of nowhere for me, I had never heard of them before it was sent to me. And I can't stop listening. And this is the first single from it. It's called Moving Again. pretty great right yeah i fully support the sax too oh yeah yeah they do it well and um yeah it's just like a kind of a kick in the teeth to all gentrification (laughs) yeah and self-loathing yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Yep. But uh, yeah, their their whole record also is yeah, it's really great. I've never seen them live, but I imagine it's very good. Yeah. Um, they also put out a split. That same band, Landowner, like a maybe a month after the full length had come out, oh. they put out a split with that band Wrong, like R O N G from Boston. Do you I know don't them? Know, I don't know them. No, oh, they're really cool. Cool. Kind of a crazy post punky noise rock sort of thing, like kind of like early Gorilla Toss sort of. Interesting. Like yeah. Wild like that, and like kind of unrestrained. I'm into that. Yeah, and some folks we know playing it. But I've never seen them live either, and I've heard wonderful things. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Get them down to New York. Yeah. You know? They've played a couple shows down here. Oh, really? Um, but unfortunately, yeah, they're, they've been on nights where there were other obligations, for me at least. Too many things. I know. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that was another one. We did another one. <laughs> yep. And uh, hopefully we'll sneak one more in before Christmas. Maybe two. Who the hell knows? Sounds good to me. Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. We'll keep making them as long as people keep listening to them. Yeah. And if not, we'll probably make them we'll anyway. Probably do it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. We, we have no way to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Intentionally, yeah. I opted out of all of the metrics so that we have no idea who's listening or not. Sounds good to me. It's great. All right, well, thanks for joining us, and um, tell everyone you know.